Welcome to 20th Century Geek. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm Scott Weatherly, your usual host, and this is our final episode of our Superman month. The trilogy is coming to a close. So we covered off Superman in many different aspects with Ben Hall in the first episode. We then brought in the comic book guys, Matt and Jordan, and we discussed all areas of his on-screen life. The highs and the unfortunate lows. So it got me to thinking, what could I do to round this out? What's important? What would be a good way of signing off Superman Month for 20th Century Geek? And I came to the conclusion of, it's not about talking about what he's done on the page or what he's done on the screen. I wanted to know what fans thought more than anything. And more importantly, what Superman, what the big blue Boy Scout means to them. Uh, I put out the call. Uh, on several social media platforms and I got back some excellent, amazing responses. And I thank everybody who uh, sent in their responses um, that are in, and that for those that are in and those that couple that weren't able to make it into the show. But please enjoy this show. I'm not going to ramble on too much longer, but please enjoy the show. This is genuine, uh, unedited in most parts, fan opinion on uh, Superman. So, without further ado... Let's pass you over to those fans. I've been researching Superman since the start of the year. I've read biographies and watched documentaries to get the historical facts about the Man of Steel's origin and evolution over 80 years. It's been fascinating to learn how the big blue Boy Scout continually pushed the boundaries of whatever media forms he moved to. He survived beyond the Second World War in the 40s and the comic books code of the 50s. Over 80 years he has maintained a level of relevance and popularity that is matched only by Batman. Delving into these details provided a much deeper picture of who Superman was and is. Also, how he has been shaped and affected by the people that have worked on his stories. More importantly, it changed how I saw him and what he means to me. I also read a ton of Superman comics from the different eras, as well as watching as much of his on-screen output as I had time for. First off, let's admit that not all of it is that good. There have been ups and downs, but Kal-El has always stood as a beacon of light throughout. So, to ask myself the question, what does Superman mean to me? Primarily, I want to address something that's always bothered me. In many of the documentaries and articles about Superman, he is referred to as the Ubermensch, originally created by philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. While this does translate from the German as Overman or Superman, I don't think there is actually a valid description of soups. The Ubermensch describes a person who has worked to achieve a state of perfection both physically and mentally. Moving past the need to rely on external sources for guidance and control, such as religion, in fact, in comic book terms, it would be more accurate to describe Batman or even Lex Luthor as Ubermensch, as they are striving to be the best of humanity, for good or ill. I find it difficult to apply to a character that is ordained with superhuman strength and abilities from a very young age. 
especially one that is in fact an alien. This does not mean that Superman is any less. In fact, I think this makes him better. While Batman and Luther have worked to make themselves better, Superman must restrain himself. He could easily take control of the world and wipe out anyone that stands in his way, but he doesn't. He understands that he could be the leader, but instead chooses to provide examples. He isn't the helicopter parent. He will let humanity make mistakes and stumble. It's not about being super strong, able to fly or having heat vision. It's about knowing when to use them and when not to use them. Through all my research and reading, I have come to understand that the true core of Superman is his ability to stay true to who he is. He himself might stumble and make mistakes, but he will always fight to make the best decision. He understands that he is an example and must keep himself under control and always stand for what is right. He is the beacon of goodness that the world needs and will be the voice of conscience for the DC Universe. He has been imitated time and again, twisted and mimicked to become something gritty or an allegory for something dark or mean. Through all of this though, Superman stands tall and remains true to himself. While there have been comic characters that have represented the outsiders or the underrepresented, Superman stands for us all. He will always wear the S symbol, whether you think it and he is staid, boring or a goody two-shoes, he doesn't care. He has a job to do. He must be the best he can be and help us to be the best we can be as well. So what does Superman mean to you? <laughs> well, I mean, to me, Superman is above all the first superhero. And unlike some people, I, I'm really okay with any story that you do with that, whether it goes in Ubermensch direction uh, or it goes into a you know family fun time direction. Um, we live in a world that in which superheroes rule the box office and in which a lot of the narratives that have affected me most in my life have been superhero narratives. And Superman is the source. He's the, the alpha, if not the omega. Um, but on another level, I have to admit, I am uh, compelled and grew up with that image of Superman as a little bit of a Boy Scout. Uh, I wish uh, uh, the movies had a little more of that. And... I think that uh, having said what I said earlier from a kind of historical perspective, um, you know, the Superman that I love and care about most is somebody who has almost absolute power but uses it wisely and loves us and wants us to grow and evolve into our fuller selves. And I think that's a lesson that all of us, whether we're um, uh, just friends or professors or employers or movie producers could obviously stand to learn. Hmm. So on that, so using that, um, you know, that idea then, what, what are the, the, what stories then do you recommend or think epitomize your ideal of, or your idea of what the Superman is? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, any story that has a super-powered individual, whether it's, you know, Dr. Manhattan or Supreme or, or whatever, are versions of Superman. Um, I think something like Superman Red Sun, which I love by mm. uh, Mark Miller, uh, 
wrote and a few different arts illustrated is one of my favorite stories and that's more in that first camp that's more just um, here's uh, the idea of the superhero let's play it out um, but uh, Superman for all seasons uh, is more in the second camp um, you know I even like uh, you know death of Superman and, and some of the action action stuff um, but definitely uh, um, Superman Red Sun Superman for all seasons all-star Superman mm. uh, Boy, that is, you know, uh, the epitome of that uh, good Superman mixed with uh, um, sort of Silver Age, uh, crazy fun ideas uh, wrapped up into a postmodern storytelling style. Uh, what a beautiful masterpiece. Yeah, I have to say, I think All-Star Superman, I mean, it, it, you know you see about the, the art book, I mean, um, you know, Brian Boland and Alan Moore working together on The Killing Joke, I think... Grant Morrison and Frank quietly working together to create that is such a good. Again, I bought Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. When you get those partnerships that work so well together, um, you know it, it always comes out well. I think. I agree, and you know those are that, those partnerships, those perfect combinations, often are the masterworks that we keep coming back to. And uh, All Star Superman. It, you know, the Superman caring enough to stop to prevent a suicide. Um, you know, that's saved people's lives. Mm. Um, you're talking about, you know, a good version of Superman, uh, that Boy Scout, you know, who uh, still touches us and still has a place in the postmodern world. Hey, this is Sean from the Pulp to Pixel Podcast Network. I'm the co-host of Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars and Beyond, and welcome to Astro City. And I'm responding to Clifford Alvarez's pretty excellent question. What does Superman mean to me? When I saw the question, I was really taken aback because I have you know long boxes after long boxes filled with Superman comics, so clearly he's a meaningful character for me. But I hadn't really sat down and thought about why. I hadn't kind of thought about like, you know, what is Superman in my life or or, or what is he in the, the life of the DC universe? And the more I thought about it, the more I came to realize that Superman's the dad of the DCU. Now, I get what you're saying. You're like, well, duh. Action Comics number one launches the DC universe and is the first superhero comic. But that's what makes him the father of the DCU. I'm actually talking about something a little different. I think of Superman as the dad of the DCU. And, it, and for me, it really crystallizes in a few key moments in his comic book history. So just to give a little bit of background... I started collecting comic books in the early 80s, and I have, you know, G.I. Joe and X-Men, and I have Justice League of America, and I have all these great comics from that time. But when I look through my long boxes, I have really only a couple of issues of pre-Crisis Superman. Now, that character just didn't interest me in any way. At the time, I thought he was really staid and kind of boring, and I didn't see any difference between Superman from 1980, from Superman from 1970, or 60, or 50, to me, he's the same character. He or he was the same character he had always been. Now, before you curse me and throw something at the the radio, understand that I have changed that opinion as I've gotten older, and I've gone back to read a lot of the pre-crisis books. But at the time, I just wasn't interested. And then Crisis comes along, and then Man of Steel and John Byrne come along, and this is sort of where I first start my theory that that Superman's the dad of the DCU. So when Byrne comes along, he takes the pre-crisis Superman. And he does a couple really important things with him. He strips down his powers. You know, pre-crisis Superman could move planets. 
and he could broker, you know, interstellar peace treaties. And he had super ventriloquism and he was a super scientist and there just really was nothing he couldn't do. And Vern comes along and he's like, no, 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 let's keep the basic power set, but let's limit it. Let's make him more beatable and in, by thereby being more relatable. And he ages him down a bit and he puts him earlier in his career and earlier in his life. And for me, the burn Superman, the post-crisis Superman is a new dad. And he's the new dad of the DCU. And when you're a father, and those of you who are a parent can understand this, a father or a mother, but I'm going to speak as a father. That first moment when you realize you're going to have a child is really overwhelming. And it's really paralyzing. And there's all this joy that comes with it, but there's also all this fear of like, oh my God, like what is this responsibility? Like what is this power I suddenly have to completely mess up a kid's life? You know, and, and to what if I do something wrong? You run through everything. In the end, you're going to make mistakes, and eventually you learn that's okay. But that first feeling, the first feeling out period of that kid's life is really, really tentative and scary. And you're not, you're a dad, but you're not yet a dad. You don't really know how to do it, even though you're forced to do it, even though you have the title, you're carrying the title, even though you're fortunate enough to do it, I should say. And that for me was was Burn Superman, and, and the creative teams who came along after Burn made his not-so-surprising early exit. And they were really building Superman up, and they were focusing a lot on Clark Kent, on the man in Superman. And that was important to me because pre-crisis Superman, Clark really felt like a mask that Superman wore so that he could do things that he felt were sort of beneath Superman. And, and I know I'm kind of maybe paraphrasing Kill Bill here a little bit, but it felt that way. It felt like, you know, Superman would get up to these sort of super shenanigans and then Clark Kent was his place to go, just kind of chill and and do things that maybe were a little less noble. And, and I definitely saw a change in the burn era reboot where Clark Kent was the main focus and Clark Kent was Clark Kent even when he was Superman they actually were not two distinct and different creatures much like Batman and Bruce Wayne and I really liked that actually I really really liked that and so burns the the new dad and, and the post burn and that keeps going for years actually while Superman is building his rep again in the DCU and you know becoming sort of the preeminent hero again growing into that you know capital S Superman, just like as a new dad, you grow into the, you know, capital D dad. And the next big moment for me that symbolizes this is the the marriage to Lois Lane. Now, when Clark Kent marries Lois Lane, when Superman marries Lois Lane, there's a level of commitment there that echoes backwards in time, I think, to all the sort of, again, super shenanigans of the 1950s where Clark would, you know, turn Lois into a robot and then curse her for not having emotions or all the weird kind of experiments and things that he did with her. And this was a much more mature relationship. This was a, a man who knew who he was and knew what he wanted to be. And what he wanted to be was with Lois and, and that would make him even better. And a woman who knew who she was and knew what she wanted to be in the same fashion. And so that's kind of that middle period, dad. When you're a dad of a younger, you know, seven or eight year old up until about maybe the teen years. And this is where you've settled into the role. You know what it means to be a dad. You're actually pretty good at it. You're pretty good at raising your kid. You're pretty good at providing what they need. And, and you know, obviously in conjunction with your spouse or your significant other. And that was the Clark Kent. That was the Superman of this era of the comics. He, he knew how to live up to the expectation. He knew how to be capital S Superman, which also made him know that he was sort of ready to be a husband. He was ready to commit to in his life the way he had committed as Superman. And I think this is a really interesting phase too, because he still struggles. 
just like a dad at that point still struggles with the weight of the responsibility, but they're much more comfortable wearing it. And so we get that Superman and that Superman, you know, lasts for a little bit. And then the next big moment for me was really his death. And in his death, you know, he's not enough. He's not powerful enough. He's not strong enough. And this for me is sort of an older dad. This is when you've raised your kids and they're sort of young adults and they're off on their own, but your job isn't done, right? Because you still have to be the backstop for your kid. You still have to be the backstop for your family, as does your spouse, a significant other. And when you're older, you just don't have the same you know, energy sometimes or the same verb or the same resources, but it doesn't matter because when the call comes, you have to step up and you have to do it. And this is what for me was, was Superman and Doomsday. He knew he wasn't enough. He knew he didn't have it, but he was not going to let his family down, his city down, his world down. You know, when he stops Doomsday, he's the backstop for the DC Universe. No other hero can do it. He can do it. And he's the, the sort of ultimate parental figure in that moment, even to the point where the world needs him back so badly, he even comes back from the dead to help kind of continue being the backstop of the DC Universe. And so that for me was him really growing into that role. And I, and I want to kind of comment on this, like, I know for some people, they're going to be like, oh, the dad of the DCU, that seems really boring. But it's not boring because he's not perfect and he knows he's not perfect. And he sometimes has feet of clay and he makes mistakes, but he's always the person trying to do the right thing, even when and especially when the right thing is very difficult. And that's very parental, right? Because before you have a kid, you know what the right thing is. You don't always do it. And after you have a kid, you know what the right thing is. You don't always do it. But you kick yourself a little bit when you don't because you know someone's watching. And so I think it's really cool for me. In, in, in my opinion, it's really cool when he comes back from the dead and he returns to that ultimate, again, backstop of the DC Universe role. And this kind of leads me to modern Superman because I lost that in New 52. For me, Superman and New 52 stopped being the dad of the DC Universe. And they did what they did with when what Byrne did. So I don't curse them for it, but they de-aged him. They depowered him. They pulled him back to an earlier time. Except unlike when Byrne did it, they took away too much. They took away too much of that super element, that parental element. And they, in trying to make him human, they almost made him too, too human. And, and, and that sounds strange. They almost made him too frail, too fallible. And, and he was not so much Clark Kent anymore. He was not Superman anymore. And I really struggled. And, and I'm not disparaging the creators because I loved some of those creators, you know, George Perez in particular. But it just didn't ring for me. And then Rebirth came along and Dan Jurgens comes back and Peter Tomasi and, and Pat Leeson come on the book. And we get a Superman who is Superman again. He's the biggest hero in the DC Universe. He's the backstop of the DC Universe. He's married to Lois. And then lo and behold, he is actually a dad. He has a son, Jonathan, who, you know, eventually becomes Superboy. And, and it's really funny to me because there is so much talk in the comic industry about keeping characters a certain age, right? Or Peter Parker can't be married to Mary Jane Watson because it ages him out and makes him less relatable and, you know, all these kind of theories. And I don't actually even technically disagree with them in some cases, but it doesn't apply here and it never applies here. Superman is perfectly fine being married to Lois and being the father of John because he's already a parental figure in the DC universe. And so one of the reasons I think that role with John fits so well is because it's the role that Superman has had for so for so many of us for so long. So I just, you know, Clifford, I want to thanks, you know, thank you for the chance to answer this question and to talk about what Superman means to me. And, 
you know, and it's really kind of cool because for some of us, we, you know, have great relationships with our parents. Some of us have lost parents. And it's kind of nice to know that Soups is always there as, as the dad of the DCU. So yeah, again, this is Sean Ross from the Pulp to Pixel Podcast Network. And thanks for taking a minute to listen to my view of what Superman means to me. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. Superman to me is everything that a superhero should be. Noble, selfless, heroic, trustworthy, and just. Superman uses his strength and skills to help and protect others. And while he isn't human, he represents the best of humanity. Perhaps I should say the best of existence. Superman to me was buying comics at the grocery store and rushing home from school to see reruns of the fun George Reeves TV series, and then getting to see the wonderful Christopher Reeve films and cinemas when they were first released. I have fond memories of watching the fun Lois and Clark TV series with Darren every week and the terrific Superman animated series in the late 90s. Superman can work being funny or dramatic, serious or silly. But the character is best when comic writers and filmmakers remember that he stands for truth and justice. This is Zesty Filmmaker, doing a recording for 20th Century Geeks podcast regarding what Superman means to people. What Superman means to me is two things. The first is that it doesn't matter where you're from or who raised you, so long as you grow up with good values and a great determination to share said values with others, no matter how naive some people take it as. The second is regarding his greatest power. Better than X-ray vision, much better than his strength or his ability to fly. It's the ability to bring the best out in even the most worst people. You'd have to be really corrupt to downright pure evil to not have a degree of respect for this person or his determination to see the good in every soul on this planet or the next. He was the first superhero in Earth's history, and if he can make it this far, he'll be the last hero to close it, hopefully on a high note. What does Superman mean to you? Do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Just off the top of your head. Yes. Um... Superman means um, he's uh, he is like the a moral compass. He is like he's sort of justice and he's hope. Um, he is an icon that uh, everyone can look up to, um, not just for for um, not just as a symbol of what we could be, but what we should be. Because he is—he's superior in all that he is, um, physically. But um, I think he's got, like, you know, he's got a bigger heart and a, a bigger desire for what's right than than any of us really have as humans. And uh, I think it's weird, almost, that we uh, we call it our moral compass, humanity, to think that Superman's actually an alien and he's more human than the rest of us. So I think Superman is essentially uh, a goal for where we uh, where we should really be. So that's what Superman is to me. Nice. Matt? That's a little annoying. Stealing a little while, I was going to say. You can get completely the other way and be like, oh, I just think he likes to punch people. He's just yeah. a, face. He's a knobhead that flicks about nuts <laughs> and ruins windows. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Superman to me is. He's quite simply sort of the nicest guy you can ever imagine. It, it's not it's not all that he is super. It's that his ideals are so simple that it should be obvious. He's just 
a good guy and everything he does is the right thing just because of the way he has sort of been brought up as the nice guy and yeah he can fight and he can do everything you wish you could do but deep down he is just absolutely the best guy you can imagine so he's a, he's a he is that shining light he always represents what we should what we could be exactly he is the ultimate role model yeah yeah. And it's not because of his superpowers or anything like that, it's just because of who he is. Mm. And anyone can aspire to be Superman. Yeah. yeah. You you can't, you know, throw a house. No. But you you can you, be you can, you can make, make right any choice. decision that Superman would make because yeah. he is the ultimate role model. Cool. Thank you. All right, this is the Launchpad Podcast. We're the Rocketeers, and we are talking about Superman for 20th Century Geek. Scott hit us up, and he wanted us to share some of our our thoughts and our impressions on Superman. Rumi, what does Superman mean to you? Superman's interesting, because uh, you, you know I'm a pretty big comic book fan, and I have a lot of favorites. Superman is definitely not among them, but he's like super important to comics as a thing, as an industry, as an idea. Yeah, I like the altruism that he represents, similar to Captain America, who is, again, also not one of my favorites. But I feel like in a world that has Spawn and Batman and Daredevil and Moon Knight, you need a Superman as a counterbalance. You can't have a team of Batmans. You know yeah. what I mean? First of all, that would be a badass team that no one could beat. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed. But like you can't, I don't want to read a Batman book every time. And yeah. I like that Superman is a lot different than that. You have to respect the archetype. Sure. Like, Superman is the OG superhero. Mm-hmm. If you asked every person in the world draw a superhero, I think 80% of the time, they're drawing a Superman. Sure. He is the archetype. Underwear on the outside, wearing a cape, superhero. That is the archetype. And without Superman, I don't think you'd have a lot of other heroes. And and I think so much of how other heroes look is because of Superman. How other heroes act is because of Superman. You wouldn't have gotten a Batman if there wasn't a Superman because somebody said, well, this is how Superman acts. I want to take it in a different direction. Right. And I think some of my favorite interactions between superheroes include Superman. Yeah. Like the Superman-Batman team-up slash rivalry is amazing when written well. And I think that's really where it boils down to. All the criticism of Superman and heroes like him, I don't think should be laid at the feet of the character, right. but at the feet of who's writing him. Who's writing them. Not even the artist, but specifically the writer. You know, I feel like exactly. if you could take Superman... And write an interesting story, awesome. And I've read a few of those. But if you write it, if you take a Superman story and don't know what to do with it, that's not the character's fault. And yeah. I don't think it's hard. I mean, you you will dislike the character if you read a story that's shitty, but it's not the character's fault. You know, I've read some really bitchin' Superman stories. All Star Superman, which I just read, yeah, is beautiful. Written by Grant Morrison. It's a pretty good story. One to read, for sure. If nothing else, it's drawn by Frank Quietly, who I love, and that's amazing. The Death of Superman, I mean, that's just timeless. We were there for that, yeah, so to speak. Th- that That is a really good one, and I have read that one. Again, that's a fun one, but I feel like that shows off Superman at mm-hmm. his quote-unquote best. But it's fun, it's drawn fun, it went yeah, over so many different issues, so there there's so many different artists, so there's different takes on stuff. Yeah. And it's like a fun story, and I just also love that the last three or four issues, the panels start to, the, the panel number starts to reflect how many 
issues away from the death you are. So I think four, four issues out, every single page had four panels. Three issues out, every single page had three panels. The issue before he died, every single page had two, t- two panels. Right? You didn't know that, right? That, I did not know that. And That's actually really cool. he dies in issue Superman 75. Superman 75, every single page is a full page splash every single page so it's just one giant image it's incredible it's a cool idea because yeah. and if you read it in, the, in like a trade form so if you read it all together it does feel kind of cinematic because it feels like everything is getting bigger and epic I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff and it just it no, works really I li- cool. and I like it I also read it when I was in fifth grade and it stuck with me that's awesome and probably one of the best stories ever is whatever happened to the man of tomorrow I think it's called and it's I, I can't even it's so awesome. I can't tell you it without spoiling much. Check that one out. I have okay. like a loan it to you. Whatever yeah. happens to the man of tomorrow. No, please let me. Those are our impressions of Superman. I definitely respect the OG, the the blueprint, the the paradigm, the archetype for everything that we've had. And I just think you like spit curls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it when he had that mullet. <laughs> oh, that's right. You do love mullets. <laughs> I think he's one of the most important heroes that there is. Yeah. Well, Scott, thanks for having us give our thoughts on your show. Keep listening to 20th Century Geek, guys. We're the Rocketeers. This is the Launchpad Podcast. Stay super. Ladies and gentlemen, the Launchpad Podcast is here at WonderCon 2018. We're here in Anaheim. We're here with none other than Dan Jurgens. Mr. Jurgens, thank you so much for taking a second. Sure, glad to be here. I gotta tell you, I've met you a couple times at a couple conventions now. You are extremely, extremely polite, extremely, extremely nice. For oh, a guy that you. killed Superman. <laughs> and I brought him like, back. And brought him <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. One of our fellow podcasts, 20th Century Geek, is doing an episode about Superman and what he means culturally. Real quick, can you just tell us what does Superman mean to you? Superman to me is an enduring symbol of moral integrity and hope that serves as kind of a a shining light of what we should all aspire to be. It's probably the best description of Superman that I've ever heard. Oh, good, good. I put some thought into it, you know. (laughs) You've been thinking about Superman for a little while now? A little bit over the years, yes. Well, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes to chat with us. We really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed those interpretations of what Superman means to different people. And uh, to Matt and Aaron of the Launchpad podcast, fucking hell, guys, thanks a lot. Getting Dan Jurgens to actually provide a, uh, a comment was awesome. Really appreciate that. And a, a hell of a full stop or an exclamation mark on the show, really. So I can't top that. There's a theme that runs through all this. Um, I hope you've been able to take something away from it and I hope it makes you think uh, about Superman more in how you feel already or maybe in a different way. Uh, I don't know. Um, I've worked hard to make sure that this became the 50th episode. I'm not sure why. It just sort of felt important. Um, so we've done a couple of times where it's been uh, week on week on week. I've done a couple of weeks in a row. Um after this, I'm going to go back to the regular schedule. So we're going to be taking a week off next week. Um, and then we're going to come back in May. And in May, it's going to be fortnightly again. And uh, we're going to be looking at some interesting topics coming up. Some biggies coming up in this year. We've got things like Die Hard is 30 years old this year. Beetlejuice, as people have already been talking about, is 30 years old this year. I want to talk about thematic trilogies from both John Carpenter and... 
uh, Terry Gilliam. I want to talk about the Satanic Panic. I want to talk about comedians like Dave Allen and uh, Kenny Everett. There's so much things I want to talk about, and we will get there. So, until next time, keep looking up to the skies. Because don't forget, is it a bird? Is it a plane? No. It's Superman. Superman.